And so the significance of his coming is just absolutely amazing that this is not a God that is separate from us. This is not a God that stays up in heaven and that we have to strive to try to get to him. This is a God that chooses to come to us. And when he comes to us, he gets to be with us and he wants to live with us and in our hearts. And so the the fact that we get this relationship with Jesus and his spirit lives in us, this, guys, this is just absolutely mind-blowing when you stop and think about it. Hey, good morning, Orange County Church of Christ. My name is Jay Miner, and it is, as always, an honor and a privilege to be able to speak with you today. And uh, thank you for giving me your attention for the next few minutes. Uh, I'm excited today because we're starting a brand new series uh, over the next five weeks. This is called Joy in the Waiting. And we're going to be leaning into uh, the idea that Jesus came to be with us. Emmanuel is God with us. And we're going to celebrate that. We're going to look at how we can joyfully be expecting his second coming and how he's going to come back and how that changes our life today. Um, So we're going to be getting into that, which I think is going to be really great. But before we do that, I wanted to just take a moment and say thank you to everybody who logged on to the Unity Hall on Friday night. It was really great to be able to be together and to spend that time together. Uh, It was an honor for Tracy and I to be able to participate in that and wanted to say thank you uh, for giving us that opportunity. Uh, It's great when God leads us as a church through a process that helps us to become more and more like he has envisioned for us to be. Um, You know, a church should be in a process of continual repentance of things that we're not even aware that we needed to repent of so that we can be who Jesus has always wanted us to be. And so that's, uh, you know, kind of what we were engaging, just taking another step forward in that process on Friday night. And it was really great to be together. So thanks again for joining in. Um, You know, obviously this is the Sunday before Thanksgiving and typically... In a typical world, which, by the way, we no longer live in a typical world, but in a typical world, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, you're thinking about, okay, who's coming into town, or am I going out of town, and and where's the big meal going to be, and how are we going to do that? And um, uh, But this year, as with everything else that's gone on this year, is different. We just got, uh, Orange County just got put back in the purple tier in terms of COVID restrictions, and, and uh, so we're all trying to navigate our feelings and emotions about that. You know, the uh, you can't meet indoors, you don't want to have Thanksgiving dinner indoors, you got to eat outside, and, 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 and then the North was starting to meet, have in-person services in the South. We had in, in-person services planned for our Advent uh, series for the next five weeks. It was going to be really, really great just to be together again. Uh, but now that has changed and we cannot meet indoors. And so I know that uh, there are park services going on and there's some outdoor services that are going to be happening, which is great. Um, however, we can still have that moment of just feeling disappointed um, that we don't get to do what we were looking forward to doing. And then we could also slip into anger because someone is telling me what to do and none of us like to be told what to do. And so we can have this response of like, well, who do they think they are telling me what to do? But listen, Church, we have a choice of how we're going to respond in this moment. Um, we, can, we can choose to stay in disappointment and sadness, or we can choose to stay in anger and then resentment, which brings on this bitterness that just surrounds us. Or we can decide that we are going to look at the incredible opportunities that God is giving us. 
Let me tell you something. The people that surround you right now in your world, in your neighborhoods, the people that surround you in your jobs, the people that you meet when you are standing six feet apart in the Starbucks line waiting for your pumpkin spice latte, uh, the people around us are feeling um, disillusioned. They're feeling insecure. They're not sure what's going on in the world. They're feeling frustrated. They're feeling angry. And you have the opportunity. You have the answer for all of those feelings because you have Jesus Christ as your hope. So right now, I, I don't know why God has allowed this. I, he has not clued me in to his reasoning behind what is going on right now. But what I do know is that I want to make the most of the opportunity, and I want us as a church to make the most of the opportunity. So please, don't allow yourself to get stuck in the disappointment and the frustration, but instead lean forward into the opportunity. What can you do over the next six weeks to build community? What can you do over the next six weeks to have great relationships with people? What can you do over the next six weeks to maybe meet somebody that you've never met before and help them understand how awesome Jesus is? You can make an eternal impact on somebody's life in the next six weeks. Yes, even in quarantine, you can absolutely still do it. I want our church to be that church. I want our church to be the church that is the light of the world, that is the city on a hilltop that people will look around, that they will know in your neighborhood that there is something different about you because of the joy and the peace that you have even in this moment. So don't just get in your house and sit there and be irritated and sad. Figure out a way to bring the light of Jesus into this quarantined world around us. I think it's going to be an incredible holiday season. So I hope you're with me with that. Amen? So let's talk about Advent. What is Advent? Uh, it's not something that in our church tradition uh, we have really talked about um, or celebrated, uh, but as I've studied it over the last several years, it has really changed my relationship to this holiday season as well as my relationship with God, honestly. And uh, I just thought that it would be something really helpful for us uh, to start to discuss. And so we're just going to kind of look at it, uh, you know, and, and see what God does with this topic over the next few weeks, which I think will be good. But the word itself, what does it mean? Advent means coming or arrival. And so when we talk about celebrating Advent, what we're celebrating is the coming of the King. And that Jesus himself, the divine creator, the one in whom and by whom all things were created, he becomes flesh. And he comes in to this small town, to this nobody woman, and she gives birth to the King of all kings. And then he grows up and goes on to become the sacrificial lamb and become our Lord and Savior. And so the significance of his coming is just absolutely amazing that this is not a God that is separate from us. This is not a God that stays up in heaven and that we have to strive to try to get to him. This is a God that chooses to come to us. And when he comes to us, he gets to be with us and he wants to live with us and in our hearts and so the, the fact that we get this relationship with Jesus and his spirit lives in us, this, guys, this is just absolutely mind-blowing when you stop and think about it. And that's what this season about is about, is stopping to think about it, taking the time to reflect on it and think about it. You know, as we, we think about the, um, Jesus coming to be born in this manger in such humble circumstances, we can celebrate that and we celebrate his coming. Then we also are going to look forward with joyful expectancy 
to his second coming and when he is going to come back and make all things new and all the tears are going to go away and everything's going to start. It's going to be amazing when we think about what is coming next. And so we're celebrating right now his first advent, the first time that he came to be with us. And we are also celebrating with joy as we look forward to his second coming. And it's a really amazing thing to be able to do this. You know, in our holiday season, the way that American culture has gone over the last 50 years, 100 years, 150 years, it's interesting to, to kind of see the, the progression of it. But we've gotten to this point where uh, as December hits, we start to uh, have more in our schedules. There's more parties to go to. There's more gifts to buy. There's more money to spend. There's more food to eat. There's more fun to have until we get to the holidays. And then at, at a lot of times, by the time you get through the holidays, people are just kind of dull and numb and overweight and overspent. And then New Year's resolutions come so that we can like, you know, shake ourselves out of it and get back to normal. And so this holiday season becomes a time for all of this extra stuff. But what if instead we spent the holiday season as we were approaching the day when we celebrate Jesus coming, that we were trying to actually do it different and we were trying to eat less and not gorge ourselves on so much and we were trying to spend less so that we're not going into debt and we were trying to take less uh, time for entertainment so that we could actually spend more time with one another celebrating Jesus enjoying the relationships that we have. What if we approached the holidays like that? Instead of um, like getting stuck and dull in our mind, we become more focused and more grateful for everything that God has done. So I want you to think about it this way. What if you were the guy that owned the inn in Bethlehem and, you know, it's coming up on this big festival and all these people are coming into town. All your rooms are sold out and everything is happening. And you've got the no vacancy sign on the door. But then you get a knock on the door and you open the door and it's an angel, right? And there's an angel of the Lord, which that would just be weird in and of itself. But there's an angel and you realize he's an angel. You're not hallucinating. You understand this is an angel coming from God to talk to me. And the angel says, listen, dude, an owner, whatever your name is, I want, I want to talk to you because there's something really cool going to happen. Uh, and you're like, hey, that's awesome. What is it? What, what is cool is going to happen? And the angel says, well, God is going to send his son to actually become a human, and he's going to be born tonight. And in fact, the woman who's pregnant with him is on her way into town, and uh, her and her husband are going to be here probably in about 30 minutes, um, and they're going to need a place to give birth. And you're going to be like, I don't have any room. I got no vacancy. All my rooms are booked up. And the angel's like, yeah, yeah, we, we know about that, because actually he's going to be born out in your manger. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that the king of the universe, the one who is going to save the world and everything is going to be perfect with him, he's going to be born in your manger, okay? So I, you can let them in. It's all good. Just wanted you to know. All right, poof, and then the angel is gone. What would you do? What do you do in that moment when you realize that the king of the universe is about to be born in your manger? Would you close the door and go back and have another piece of pumpkin pie and watch the Great British Bake Off? Or would you run out to the manger and go, oh my, I, I got to clean this place up. What in the world? I mean, the sheep have been out here and there's hay everywhere. And well, where are they going to sit? Maybe I should bring some blankets and maybe I should make this a little bit more comfortable. Can I build a fire for them? What can I do? If you knew that Jesus was going to be born in your backyard, wouldn't you go out and clean it up? And that's 
what we do as we approach the holidays, as we approach celebrating Jesus coming, is that we want to look into our hearts and go, okay, Jesus is going to reside in my heart. He wants to come and be with me. He wants to put his spirit in my heart and live here. He's coming to my heart. So what would you do in that moment? What do you do spiritually to prepare yourself for the coming of Jesus? What will we do over the next few weeks to be able to get ourselves ready for Jesus to live in our hearts? Now, should we be doing this every day, all the time, anyhow? Yes, of course we should. But sometimes we need a moment in time, something to mark the time and remind us this is what we want to be focusing on. And that's what this holiday is about. And that's what the season of Advent is about, is preparing our minds and our hearts for the second coming of Jesus. And when we think about the second coming, and when we think about Jesus coming back, it is good for us to be mindful and to be watchful. Um, You know, there's a great story. uh, The last week of Jesus's life, he's come into Jerusalem and, you know, um, you got Jesus in the triumphal entry coming into one side of Jerusalem. And actually, Pilate was probably that same day coming in um, to Jerusalem from the other side. And so you've got empire and you've got kingdom and and it's an amazing you know, juxtaposition, and you see those two things. But here's Jesus in Jerusalem this last week of his life. And one night, he's sitting on the Mount of Olives with uh, James and John and Peter and Andrew, and, and they're looking across the valley there at Jerusalem and the temple and everything. And they're, and they're talking about, they, they'd asked Jesus about the temple, and he was like, yeah, all these stones are going to get torn down. And then actually, I'm com- there's going to be a second coming. I'm coming back. And, and so they were asking him about this. When is this going to happen? And he says this in verse 32, Take heed, no one knows the day or hour when the end is coming. The messengers in heaven don't know, nor does the Son, only the Father knows. So be alert, watch for it, and pray, for you never know when that time might approach. The situation is like a man who went on a journey. When he departed, he left his servants in charge of the house. Each of them had his own job to do, and the man left the porter to stand at the door watching. So stay awake because no one knows when the master of the house is coming back. It could be in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning. So stay awake, be alert so that when he suddenly returns, the master won't find you sleeping. The teaching I'm giving the four of you now is for everyone who will follow me. Stay awake and keep your eyes open. And so as we approach the Advent season, this is what I want us to do is to stay awake and keep our eyes open to prepare our hearts for Jesus to come and live with us and be with us and abide with us. But we have to be ready because we don't know when it's going to happen. So that's what this season is about, is preparing ourselves to be ready. Now, over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about four different topics and how each of those uh, really helps us to understand Jesus. Next week, we're going to talk about hope. The week after, we'll talk about peace. The third week, we get to talk about joy. And the last week, we talk about love. And um, we're going to hear from people who are going to share how Jesus has helped them to find hope and peace and joy and love. And it's, it's going to be a great time for us to really lean into it. Um, Tracy and I are going to be sharing some musical moments with you and sharing some other thoughts with you uh, just as we dig into those subjects so that it's not just discussion about it necessarily or a sermon about it, but also getting to experience it in different ways. I think it's going to be really fun for us to do that. In a few moments... We're going to take communion together, and then after we share that communion time together, um, 
I'm actually going to come back and I'm going to give you some resources uh, if you want to lean in a little bit more to the Advent process. I'm going to give you some books that you can read, some things that you can do with your family, uh, and some stuff like that that will help you. Um, but before that, we wanted to just kind of stop and take a moment and focus on Jesus and how awesome he is. And this week, that's what I want you to do to prepare yourself for the Advent season, is just take stock. Reflect on what Jesus has done in your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you know what that was like, the moment when you realize, man, I've got to give up everything for this. I will go anywhere and do anything for my Lord and my King. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, maybe you are just checking this out and trying to figure out what it's about. There's a really amazing thing that happens when you open yourself up to Jesus and let him change you. And you've probably had that experience. And I want to invite you to reflect on how God has been working in your life, even on how you got here today. But I want all of us just to spend some time reflecting on who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And actually, I'm going to have my wife uh, share her experience of reflecting on Jesus himself. And then after that, I'll pray for communion. I can remember when I very first became a Christian just being overwhelmed with the thought that I just found all the answers that I had been looking for, that maybe that I didn't even know I was looking for. And that's what Jesus really was in the beginning to me was he was the answer to everything. You know, I had, I think I had an underlying confusion that I really wasn't even aware of because I had this background of really a lot of religiosity, a lot of religion, but I also had, the, on the other hand, um, this completely worldly, uh, immoral, sinful lifestyle. And that, you know, I had all of those things mixed up together and it just created a confusion in me. And I can remember as I got to know Jesus, just seeing how when you put the scriptures into practice, when you actually obey them, how it, things actually do work. The Bible actually does work when you put it into practice. And I just, I was seeing it around me. I was seeing it in the people that studied the Bible with me. I could see how they lived out the scriptures and how, you know, they really received blessings for that and how God took care of them and walked with them. And, and, I, and I was able to see sort of the truth about my own life and where I hadn't really been following when I thought that I was following. And, you know, all of that confusion, I started to realize that if I put the Bible into practice, that those things became clear. I felt a lot alike, a lot like the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at the well, who when she came to Jesus, she actually had all that religiosity and all that worldliness all mixed up into one, and she couldn't make sense out of it either. But as she was talking to Jesus, it became clearer and clearer. And by the time that she's, you know, finished talking to him, she's running back to her village saying, come meet the guy that just told me everything I've ever done. I mean, she was just amazed at what was happening. And that's how I felt in the beginning. I was just like, I cannot believe what's happening. I'm completely changing, you know, things that I thought were this way or that way. And I'm, you know, my whole life is being changed. And so finding those answers was such an amazing revelation to me. But as I've, you know, as I've grown, I've always thought, you know, whatever problem that I come into or whatever, um, you know, question that I have, I know that the answers can be found in the Bible. But as of late, God has been taking me through this time of, you know, when the answers aren't really forthcoming. It's not something that's easily explained or easily spelled out in the Bible. And it reminds me of when the disciples... Uh, asked Jesus, now this was after 
he had been he had spent three years with them and he had been crucified and he had been resurrected and um, after his resurrection he had been you know talking with them and training them and speaking with them and uh, in Acts 1 it says that they ask him at this one point they say is it now that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel and uh, you know he says no it's it's actually not for you to know the time set by the Father. And I was thinking about how they felt. Sometimes it's a lot how I feel because, you know, even though they had been walking with Jesus and, you know, learning from him all these years, um, they still had very clearly in their mind what it should look like, like what the kingdom was going to look like. And it was going to look like that Jesus was going to restore that sort of David is the king um, kingdom. They're going to, you know, kick out the Romans and the Israelites were going to be in charge again. And it was going to look like that. And they had it all in their mind what it should be. But Jesus had a different thing in mind. You know, he had this totally different kingdom. He said, no, the kingdom's going to be in you. It's going to come in you. It's going to be in your hearts. It's going to be a different kind of kingdom than you are thinking. But I can be like that so much. Like I have it so much in my mind what things should look like and how things should work out. But, you know, Jesus has really just been working me through. It's You don't need to know how all this is going to work out. You know, right now we're in the middle of this move. <laughs> and I really had it in my mind that we we're just going to be, we we're going to move into OC in September. And, uh, you know, of course now it is the middle of November. And we're still not into our permanent home. We are in this temporary place that we're living for a month or so before we even get to our final destination in OC. And so it's been this living in the middle of that. And that's, that's a very tangible way that God has been saying, you know, you don't need to know the times. I, I've got the times set. You don't need to know what they are. Um, but there's other things um, that have been going on in my life, too, where I'm in the middle of them. They're more just emotionally or spiritually where I don't get to see the end result. I don't get to see the end. I'm right in the middle. And, of course, this is what we're getting ready to enter into is this Advent time, which is the between time, living in between. We have it in our mind what we see. We know that Jesus was born. He was born in a manger. It was Mary and Joseph and the whole nativity scene. We know what that looks like, but we have no idea what it's going to look like when Jesus comes back. And we don't get to know the times set. We don't get to know when that's going to be. But what we do get to do is we get to live in the middle. And when Jesus answered the disciples, he actually said, you know, it's not, not for you to know the time set by the Father, but you will be my witnesses. That's what you do get to do. You do get to be a witness for me for all that you have seen. You get to be my witnesses. And that somehow, I feel like that is who Jesus is to me right now, is he's saying to me, you don't need to know how it's all going to work out. You don't need to know the times and places. You don't need to know that. But what you do get to do is you get to be a witness to all that you have seen, all that you've seen me do in your life. And, you know, I feel like that is strangely... Um, it, it gives me peace. You know, you think, cause I'm a, you know, I am a person, I want to know the answers and I want it fixed. I'm a fixer and I want to know what the answer is, but somehow to know that it's not meant for me to know, but what is meant for you to do is to be my witnesses brings me peace. Cause it helps me to understand what my role is in this time. You know, I think it's been hard for people, um, to accept 
the pandemic to accept the regulations that have been put on us because of the pandemic to accept just how we don't get to meet together and we don't get there's so many things we don't get to do right now so many things are canceled my daughter doesn't get to come home for Thanksgiving right now because you know she's not really allowed to travel right now because of her job and the pandemic but what we do get to do is we get to be a witness to all Jesus has done and I think I'd so like me to be able to to miss what I do get to do because I'm focusing on what I want it to be or what it's not right now and I think that somehow Jesus is working me through and what Jesus is to me right now is enough you know in the beginning it was that Jesus was the answers but I think right now Jesus has to just be enough for me. It has to be enough that I get to talk to about to, that I get to talk to other people about all He has done for me, all He is doing for me, and I think that that is that is enough. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about um, Jesus is that you know, as long as you know Him, who He who He is to you changes. You know, I've been a Christian now for almost thirty years, and I don't know how many times I've you know, been asked to share my story or do communion in some way. And every single one of them has been different because Jesus, we grow and Jesus becomes different to us all the while he remains the same, which is that crazy. There's no way I could explain that to someone kind of thing, even though I'm sitting here trying to explain it to you, that Jesus is always changing and growing with you. Yet he remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's just, that's where that peace comes in. That's where my soul can rest because Jesus is enough now and forevermore. And I'm grateful to be able to even try to explain it to you, but I do feel like it's too much to really put into words. But I hope that at least something that I have said helps you to connect with Jesus and Jesus being enough for you today. Amen. Thank you, Tracy. So right now, I want us to take a few moments and just focus on the amazing gift of Jesus coming to be with us and then dying and raising again. And he's asked his followers to do this for 2,000 years. He said, I want you to remember me. And then he gave us this practical, physical way for us to remember him and that we get to take the Lord's Supper and we take the bread and we remember his body that was broken for us. And then we take the, the juice and we remember his blood that was shed for us and how that blood now covers over all of our sins. And we spend that time together. Now, please do me a favor. Don't get up off the couch and go get a snack right now, okay? I really do wanna ask you to take some time to sit and think about what Jesus' sacrifice means for us and how we can look forward to it. So I'm actually going to have us um, listen to this song called As It Is. Um, and it's one that, that I have loved for a lot of years. But the, um, want you just let the words kind of wash over you as you're meditating on Jesus right now. But in the, in the bridge, it says this, that it says, So I will sing like I will there in the fearless light of glory where the darkness cannot find me and your face is all I see. And I will sing like a man with no sickness in my body like no prison walls can hold me, I will sing like I am free because I know that you love me. I know you found me. I know you saved me and your grace will never fail me. And while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting because heaven lives in me. And so as we share this communion moment together, 
I want you to realize that heaven wants to live in you now and that you are able to experience God and his grace now because of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this time together. God, thank you that you have allowed us even to meet through this technology. God, I'm grateful for that. God, we do want to celebrate Jesus' coming. His coming to be with us here on earth and then his coming to live in our hearts. God, I pray that we can prepare our hearts right now to be able to really receive him. God, search us and know us. See if there's any offensive way in us. God, purify our heart. Grant us a clean heart and a pure heart. God, we want to be everything that we can be for you right now and during this holiday season. God, as we take this communion together, help us to celebrate just to be grateful. In Jesus' name, We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and look forward to being with you next week. You can find more information about our church on our website, occhurchofchrist.com. You can also watch live services on our Facebook and YouTube pages, which are located on our website. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.